0: all right we'll go ahead and get started uh good evening everybody uh welcome to our town hall uh with us tonight we got the full crew uh we got dan we got dave uh dave's a brand new grand, uh brand new grandfather so congratulations to him he's super proud we can actually call him grandpa dave now uh so that's cool for us uh you know instead of just old guy dave it's grandpa <laughs> dave
1: now um I'll be, re- I'll be referred to as Opa.
0: Oh boy, there you go. Uh, we got Bluntie and we got Alex. Alex, uh, rocking the flight test T-shirt there, um, and doing a little bit of homework that he's procrastinated on. Uh, as we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I'm throwing you under the bus. Um, I'm getting
2: it in on time <laughs> and
0: correct. There you go. That's the most important part. So I do have a couple articles tonight, uh, a couple regulations that I missed last town hall, um, but it was a little chaotic last last time. So I uh, do appreciate the patience with that. But uh, first up, uh, we have our old friend, Senator Mike Lee, uh, who ha- this is back on September 12th, introduced uh, the Shield You Act in the, uh, in the Senate.
3: Do you want to tell um, us a little more about who Mike Lee is and uh, where we might have heard of him before?
0: yeah so uh senator mike lee's a a republican senator from utah um and he uh, is a staunch advocate of uh federalism which is basically states rights versus uh uh federal rights um and uh he has pushed many many bills in the past uh several years uh relating to uh different types of uh drone bills uh basically pay-to-play kind of bills in terms of um annexing certain segments of the sky uh for certain types of activities limiting where you can take off and land um all have failed um and this one's no different gov track which i'll pull up here in a second has this at uh uh, and he's famous for this, a 1% chance of, of passing, so uh, which is pretty much. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's most of his bills points. have about a 1% chance. Yeah. 2
1: That's two points lower than his last one. So <laughs>
0: that's good. Um, this particular, <laughs> this particular bill, um, uh, is to equip state and local law enforcement with authority needed to protect their citizens and communities from drone threats. Um, he says, uh, state and local law enforcement agencies cannot ensure the safety of their communities when the federal government restricts their ability to respond to active drone threats, Lee says. Which is uh, pretty much completely untrue. <laughs> um, safety from
3: what? What is happening that they need to be safe from?
0: <laughs> well, so this bill, the SHIELD-U Act, uh, stands for Stopping Harmful Incidents to Enforce Lawful Drone Use. Um, it's not intended to restrict the use of more than 11,000 unarmed uh, un- un- unmanned aerial vehicles that are paired with ground control station operated by the department of defense here in the united states for training purposes Um, uh, the drone threat, threat uh, facing civil authorities here in the united states is from the increase of commercial and recreational drones according to lee the shield u act would give the department of homeland security as well as state and local authorities the authority to detect identify and mitigate drone threats on commercial service airport property including the airspace involved in the takeoffs and landings of aircraft. Um, It further grants state and local law enforcement similar counter drone authority within their respective jurisdictions. Um, As of April this year, the number of drones in the United States being flown for recreational purpose was more than 850,000, according to them. Uh, I think our number is a little higher than that, Uh, closer to between 1.2, 1.3 million, yeah. So uh there are uh 315,000 commercial drones registered with the FAA um so uh anyway uh again this is this is a, a lot of smoke uh a lot of hot air um local local law enforcement through the leap program has the ability to to address this kind of stuff um, and things like remote ID are only going to increase their capability of doing so. Um, the fact yeah. that oh, counter
1: go ahead. to counter to what uh, you are reading, if you'll forgive me, the expression the uh, DHS already has the authority to uh, intervene uh, with the UAS in any way they want.
4: I was just going to ask about that. I mean, isn't this seems like it's granting things that can already happen. Exactly. Like, yep. i mean the only thing is really state and local but they'll also have some ability through i mean especially at an airport like i mean yeah absolutely i mean yeah this seems like very um hey, i'm gonna pitch so some... it's very weird then that it has low acceptability because it's sort of something that's already happening Would this like if this passed is this going to have a bunch of riders and that's why it's happening or like i mean yeah, yeah it just there seems are, odd, there right? are
1: ram there are ramifications in this that uh that are below the surface which are um uh, uh, state and local different uh, regulations. So as uh, Josh has uh, described, we would just could, could and would result in a patchwork of regulations, one, and two, okay. taxing of takeoff and landing. So we we would definitely see uh, this as gotcha. a revenue generator for local municipalities, which is not what we want. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: So in, in this circumstance, you know, uh, having one agency that uh, kind of dictates the the rules and regulations for the skies is much better than thousands of agencies or towns or HOAs or so on and so forth, right? If you want to get down to the minute levels,
1: and A good, good example is look at the great um, situation our K through twelve education is that's run by the states, that's mm-hmm. you know doesn't has very little. Uh, federal uh, consistency, oversight, monitoring, et CETERA. and you know, not so not so good in comparison to the rest of the world.
0: So, um, in this particular instance, you know, we're, we definitely don't want to see that patchwork of of regulations. I mean, if you're if you're a uh, commercial flyer and you travel from state A to state B, and that particular state has a particular set of rules, and then the city or the county has a particular set of rules and then the city has a particular set of rules. And the, I mean, just and on, so and, on, and, on and on and, and on and So many cities and
3: counties and municipalities exactly. are creating rules, even though they're not allowed to. And the only thing that's holding them back is the current FAA being able to say, Hey, no, you can't do that. Yeah.
0: So it's, it's very interesting. Um, but I mean, when it comes to, you know, people flying drones where they shouldn't be, whether that's at the end of runways or, um you know over stadiums or all that kind of stuff local law enforcement 100 percent, has the authority to, to address that um many most in fact I think all states have UAS uh laws uh and some of them are more lenient like you know my home state of Arizona um and some of them are very restrictive I, I know Texas in the past has been pretty restrictive New York um uh, California in some circumstances so you know um but all those seek to address those particular problems um, so it's just it seems like a you know again just a bunch of hot air doesn't make a whole lot of sense so i pulled it up on GovTrack. uh if you don't know GovTrack's a, a fun website where you can go and check up on particular bills um and uh, let's see um it, that's interesting shield Act. I remember right, that's the through, wrong one.
1: They go through um, e, uh, GovTrack, tracks uh, both chambers uh, of Congress and yes. uh, gives you insight, tells you where it is, uh, how far along, and also they, they provide their estimate of uh, probability to pass. And it's been pretty good. Let us see if she is in
3: here
0: uh i think i pulled up the wrong one so that <laughs> might have been the wrong uh apparently
3: they thing. like to use the word shield in uh, uh their bills yeah cyber
0: shield relieved. ran into that <laughs> as well shocking right all right well i'll have to i'll have to pull that one up and and see what's going on but
1: uh thank yeah um, so we popped up a, a link and uh and yeah and then voltronics found it in the senate, senate lead. Yeah, thank you gents appreciate that all right so there's the senate 4801
3: there we go let's go s there we go so it's got the right picture
0: hey one percent percent chance still <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't wrong <laughs> excellent So where we want so, it uh okay, so introducing introduced on September 7th yeah, I was reading the same line <laughs> all on the same page here all right so uh let's see stepping back for a second uh, representative defazio stanton applaud house passage of legislation to use drone technology to inspect critical infrastructure um this was back on september 13th um peter defazio and um uh, Greg Stanton from uh, Oregon and Arizona, respectively, applauded the House passage of the Drone Infrastructure Inspection Grant Act, um, a bill within the jurisdiction of the committee. Uh, They said, I applaud the House for passing the Drone Infrastructure Inspection Grant Act today, which will support the use of small drones to help state and local governments better inspect and repair critical infrastructure. Transportation and Infrastructure Committee Chair Peter DeFazio said, As we make historic investments in our transportation system and infrastructure, the Drone Infrastructure Inspection Grant Act will help states, localities, and other stakeholders better inspect and maintain critical assets, such as bridges and roads, while training the workforce necessary to do so safely and effectively. Um, I applaud Greg Stanton, whose work on this piece of legislation was instrumental, um, and he urges uh, his colleagues in the Senate to pass the bill um so yeah, well,
1: uh, hopefully that'll also facilitate getting uh waivers to fly uh, over around uh critical infrastructure right now that's uh, a no-fly uh area well and in
0: this perspective in this specific instance that those might be restricted to those state and federal agencies that are doing those inspections so mm-hmm. maybe maybe yeah that's maybe what i'm not. saying
1: it, yeah yeah it, it's if it would facilitate that, then uh, that could mean easier path for folks to get uh, contracts to do yeah, that inspection. I wouldn't, that's a good, wouldn't be that's surprised
3: to see them contract that out to somebody, and then that somebody right. would need a waiver mm-hmm. to get done. Possibly,
0: yep. yeah. Uh, so the uh, H.R. 5315 uh, would invest $200 million in a drone infrastructure inspection grant program and a drone education and workforce training grant program at the U.S. Department of Transportation to support safer and more efficient inspection, maintenance, and repair of the nation's critical infrastructure and better equip the U.S. workforce to use drone technology. So seems pretty, pretty good-ish. Uh, so there's that um also up uh the uh and this just started a couple of days ago uh, the faa for those who are willing dan this was your favorite process ever um <laughs> you can apply for uh to be a facilitator for the trust uh which is the recreational uas safety test um and it's the not hour. the trust it's just and it's
1: trust, trust. Our oh. colleague uh Pilot, Pilot Institute has the uh, number mm-hmm. one slot in the highest number of trust uh, tests given. So thank Absolutely. you,
4: Greg.
1: Yep. And I, I got me through see, them. I see uh, Meet also commented that uh, at the bottom of the, uh, that would be Senate 4801, there is a section uh, authorizing uh, jamming. Oh. That's so fun. The, the, the shield has a little counter UAS in it. Thank you. Center anti-jamming
0: him. technique, yeah. So authorizing jamming, yeah. They, I did cover that in the in the yeah. article, I think. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, around critical infrastructure.
4: I mean, that's not going to actually let them jam. I mean, that that just like makes it so that it's not illegal from that perspective. But the FCC would still have to allow that, probably, right? Right. Like, so I imagine yeah. currently like a whole other part of the regulation, based on
0: currently that. counter-UAS systems can only be implemented by uh um homeland security and fbi i believe and the faa yeah so um it's very limited i know biden uh man it was a couple months back he wanted to expand that i haven't heard anything since FAA
2: can't take aircraft they can't use force to take aircraft down Mm -hmm. they can tell an aircraft to land but they can't proactively do it. it it's DOJ, DHS, and F- FBI. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thought so. Oh no, DOD. Yeah. 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 Department. DOD, of Dep- DOJ, and DHS. Those three. Yeah. Super. All right. So if you're
0: if if your organization is looking to uh, you know get into the uh, trust uh, offering, uh, Dan, tell us a little bit about that experience. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've blocked it out of my memory. I don't remember. Um For those who who weren't around, uh we were trying to become one of the, the facilitators of the of trust and uh it didn't we couldn't meet eye to eye with what the FAA wanted us to do, so we, we said, No, that's all right, we'll we'll let other people take care of it and that's uh when we kind of partnered with Pilot Institute because they're doing a great mm-hmm. job running that, that test. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a little bit of a rough experience, and um, just the the way that uh, it needs to be set up and and whatnot was very uh, taxing. I think uh, is the right word, <laughs> and just couldn't get to the we didn't couldn't get to the same page as we them, didn't quite so. agree
3: yeah uh, on how it should be done.
0: Yeah. So. All right. Um, let me skip around here. This I thought was really cool. So this comes from Hacker um and this fella uh let's see i think he goes by ejo works created a two-channel fpv speeder drone and by two-channel that's uh, essentially an rc like a rc car remote that's just got the throttle and the turning and um so he linked up let me just go through the article, but essentially it's a five propeller quadcopter. So you've got the four uh, standard motors that um, that lift the quad, and then he's got one on the back that gives it kind of thrust. So uh, for forward and backward movement. Well, mostly forward. But uh, he said, uh, sometime in late 2020, I decided it was time to see if I could build something that could merge the thrill of flying an FPV quadcopter with the ease of driving an fpv rc car if i got the basic engineering hurdles down i'd i imagine i'd design a quadcopter with an off-road car-like appearance and the ability to be driven with a two-channel rc car radio it automatically hover at a fixed altitude at perhaps half a meter while being very ra- reactive to the ground underneath it like a futuristic off-road racing speeder um he uh, says, is it a carcopter, uh, a quadcarpter, <laughs> or he said, let's just call it a speeder? Uh, While well, designed like a quadcopter, the speeder is in fact a five rotor aircraft. In addition to the four usual rotors providing downward thrust, a fifth rotor on the rear, uh, like an airboat straight out of the Florida Everglades, EJ Works explains, provides forward thrust without the need to tilt the body of the drone. It's this flying flat approach, which simplified the control to the point that it could be handled with a sort of pistol style controller associated with simple toy cars. Um, to make this happen, I needed to mix roll and yaw together via a single input, the steering wheel. The problem was I needed a car radio with a steering wheel, a throttle trigger, and lots of other channels for pit adjustments and other nonsense. He says uh, he hacked together an Arduino radio of sorts from an abandoned El Cheapo RC car controller and interfaced it to my Tyrannus trainer port over the airwaves because he always trips on the wires uh flipped the trainer switch to give control to the pistol radio and wow it was such a different experience than flying with the copter radio it was just like driving an airboat on land my five-year-old son drove it around effortlessly and I had a hard time getting the controller back from him um let's let's pop this video this is really cool hopefully everybody can see this (laughs) so it's just a I mean maybe a foot or two off the ground
3: yeah, he, uh, n- it wouldn't be anywhere near as fun or cool, but he could have bought one of the Kyosho uh, FP or drones that they did. Although that's they weren't FPV, um, but they made basically the same thing. They're an RC car company, and they built yeah. a, a little. I think it probably only had four propellers, a little quadcopter that would hover, you know, say six inches off the ground, and you could drive it like a car with a car remote.
1: That's yeah. kind of cool. Meat is asking, how does it maintain altitude? And I think that's a good question, as as he says, his um, barometer drips. And I agree, the uh, barometers would uh, not normally be uh Did he put a little in, sonar in detector accuracy. on the bottom or
3: something like the DJI so, drones it's, have?
4: It's got optical flow.
1: It's
4: got like an optical flow sensor on the bottom, or at least yeah. that's what the article seems to suggest. Ah.
1: Pilot Institute, (laughs) and there's there's Greg. He's everywhere.
0: So uh, he says, yeah, let's see. The H-frame flew. Amazing. Okay, here we go. Yeah, PMW 3901 optical flow sensor for position hold, which kept it from wandering off after takeoff prior to punching the throttle.
3: Yeah. Well, that lets Uh, you make sure you're not moving forward or backwards.
4: Well, I mean, like, all the land craft I've seen like this, like, all use optical flow to maintain height. You I can mean, do that with altitude as doesn't. well. Yeah. Let's... Like uh, that RC Teslaite guy, that's how he's been doing his, uh, he's been doing those, um, what do you call them, a or whatever? Mm-hmm. Where you, you use the efficiency or whatever of the of the wings to uh, um... get, like, close to the surface.
3: Over uh, on YouTube, yeah, uh, Captain Bry is saying it uses a $60 TOF sensor.
0: Interesting. Let's see. Uh, uh, While the speeder is now impressively functional, including the ability to adjust the roll-yaw mix to change the handling, altitude adjustment for the automatic hover from 0.8 to 2.5 feet, automatic landing on low battery, auto disarm on crash, and anti-skid controls. Nijo Works is planning to continue development, creating a new carbon plate frame with vacuum form, polycarbonate body, and side guards. So um, there's a link to uh, his webpage for the full write up. I'll oh, go ahead and link in the Discord there.
4: That yeah, picture makes says, it look really a, cool. He says, with only a single TLS sensor on the front, it almost looked like a regular larger whoop. Being too lazy to wire up and mount two sensors was a huge mistake. So it sounds like, yeah, he's using those two F-sensors, which is uh, pretty neat. it's a different way to do the elevation. Yeah,
0: it's pretty cool. I dig it. That'd be fun to drive for sure. Fly, drive, <laughs> one of the two. <clears throat> All right. So uh, we got another uh, fun uh, drone fly-through. wanted to bring this in. This one's of uh, Wrigley Field. This just dropped a couple of days ago.
4: FYI, we did get a copy strike on the FPV news for show. Sure. Well the nice thing is is uh
0: we're on Discord, so Well
3: we're also oh, streaming you know, it we can post on
2: YouTube. Yeah, well. We also are monetized, so we'll
4: cool deal. Gotcha. I think they'll just add ads to the video then.
3: Through the Discord settings, you have it uh, playing pretty slowly. We can still get the Is idea there? of it, but it's... Yeah, you've got oh, the, like five frames per second so that the video or the text looks good. Let me switch this. Hang on. Change stream quality. Oh, you stopped it right at a good part. <laughs> <laughs> I assume they're going right through the fire truck, right? I think so. Let's see. Can I go 30? Uh, it won't let me go that high yeah we we don't pay for the the fancy discord i can do yeah no i can't do any faster than that so
0: i apologize but i will post it how about that
1: let's see
3: <clears throat> yeah as uh bobby saying over in faith in uh, the youtube <laughs> joshua bardwell was playing this he's like i'll just play a few seconds of it and the next thing you know we've watched like the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. four minutes long it's not short so but
0: uh those those fly throughs are always super cool so uh so the article says the video weaves in between and around the 108 year old stadium. wow it's that old uh there's house in illinois taking in the famous red sign at the front of the stadium and the ivy walls that mark the perimeter of the field four minute long perfectly choreographed clip starts above the CTA. CTA red line, makes its way through the popular sports bar, Murphy's Bleachers, and ends by following Japanese player Saika Suzuki uh, out onto the ballpark. So, these are always super neat. Um, my question is, in all of these, is, are these all extras? Are they all, you There's know...
4: There's zero chance all right. these are extras. There's right. zero chance. So, these all people you know... don't even have to have a ticket.
0: Right. So, I mean, the funny thing, like, the obviously the firefighters are in on it. You know, some of the people that they follow are in on it. But, you know, they're flying yeah. over a lot of other people over there. So I'm curious about the waivers that they wrote to and make that And trains and
3: cars. Yeah, and...
0: right. Critical infrastructure, think, right?
4: Yeah, I think something that um we talked about on the news was that really the this is one of the cases where the FAA will get calls mm-hmm. and then they'll say, like, you need to, Tell us how you did this. Like, you know what I mean? Like that that's right. sort of a perfect case for that. Because like I don't know, it would be great to have like some kind of like companion video that was also on the same uh channel. It mm-hmm. was like, here's how we did this and behind the scenes, you know, that sort right. of thing. Because Absolutely. there are like like you guys mentioned, there are like many sets of waivers I would think you would need. And like, you know, I could see if it was inside the stadium, you could do like everybody who bought a ticket, you know, has a waiver based on the ticket or something, but like a lot of these people seem like they're outside of the stadium and walking around and like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see exactly how they achieved this and if it was totally above the board. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the unique part for people like us who, you know, they're just like, how did that happen? You know, what's yeah. the behind the scenes? So, but definitely cool. Um, those things uh, never really get old uh, at, at least yet. Um, the flight through the Factory and, and this and, some of the other uh, football uh, stadiums that they're they're, they're kind of cool so um, all right so last but not least um, this is just a uh, this is a uh, let's see notice of proposed airworthiness criteria I wanted to kind of get that right on the um, in C2 scan eagle 3 unmanned aircraft so this is some of the process that, um different aircraft need to go through to become essentially type certified i believe is the right way to put it um and through that type certification they get uh, uh, essentially fit into certain categories ability to do certain things um, and non-abilities to do other things so um, this is the uh, federal register this is where all the New regulations get posted. Things like NPRMs, which is the Notice of Proposed Rulemaking, um, that we dealt with for Remote ID, and the entire community dealt with. Um, once you get into it, there's the document here. Um, they're inviting comments on uh, development of the airworthiness criteria. Hey, Dave's back. <laughs> Lost you for a minute. Um, and. Uh, this is the scan Eagle 3 is a fixed wing airplane um, that they're uh trying to type certify essentially here so Dave, do you have a little bit more on this one the type certification of the scan Eagle?
1: only that the uh, the size of it is uh it's not huge. I think it was eighty pounds is that right mm-hmm. And they look did you see when they started this twenty no.
0: Are you serious? No. Oh my goodness! It's taking that long. Let's see.
1: So that surprised me, if, uh, uh, anyone who's working on uh, airworthiness approvals uh, for small UAS or you know he- even heavy lifter, uh, hundred pounds, two hundred pounds is having this similar type of uh, time frame. It's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. By well, the time you has, get yeah, approval,
3: like it's so out of date <laughs> like you couldn't right. even make the parts for it anymore you couldn't even buy the electronics right. for it
1: that's why a lot of the airworthiness is the external structure and, yeah. and we can bet a couple of adult beverages that the external design of this uh, aircraft is probably not going to change for the a look. long
0: time yeah yeah but and you can see build. right here how it's built right i've got the 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 schematic pulled up here the airframe is the the trivial part it's all the different sensors that you can load into it for different mission types and and whatnot so um yeah this is actually got a full let's see onboard power 170 watt gross takeoff weight 80 pounds 13 foot weight wingspan uh it can fly for up to 18 hours up to 20,000 feet so there you go and it's using, it's actually fuel powered. So there
3: you go. Where's the remote ID module on that breakdown? <laughs> oh, I'm sure
1: it's integrated.
3: Oh, that's awesome.
1: Standard remote.
3: Uh, right.
0: All right, so that's all I have uh, for news. Uh, Dave, you got anything for us, sir?
2: Uh,
1: no, just working on, uh, let's see, we'll get the uh, AAA. Well, oh, I, I shouldn't say no. Yeah, a couple of things. The AAAC is coming up on the 20th of October. Mm -hmm. Uh, There will be a uh, yet another um, uh, virtually attendee only, no in-person attendee other than uh, members and one staff. Uh, We are not members. Um, And there's also uh, the work that we're doing on uh, tasking group 13, which is uh, comments on the AAM framework uh should be discussed uh so we we participated in that and then on the uh drone safety team that's uh um still uh wrapping well now we're wrapping up uh the effort on uh, uh analysis of the
3: um... somebody playing a video oh that was somebody else in our chat
0: <laughs> Thanks. oh we lost dave again
3: oh that's why it suddenly went quiet <laughs> dave
0: froze uh, we need we need we need dave to
1: they were just to, giving us hold music
4: well, <laughs> right right
0: for sure so uh i think he was kind of going on there they're wrapping up oh maybe he's back wrapping up efforts on uh the uh what's that called that that the self reporting system that uh, they've been working on.
2: So the NASA thing?
0: Yeah. So that that's been a uh, a ball of a ball of fun <laughs> that he's been dealing with on that. What well, do you have anything for us this evening while we wait for Dave to come back on?
4: Huh? Well, I pasted a link in chat. That's the only thing that's sorta of relevant. I think it's kind of interesting. Let's see um there's a sheriff uh the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office in Cincinnati is retiring its two helicopters and they're buying a bunch of drones and they're going drone only basically for their search and rescue and they're basically all the operations they were using helicopters for good oh. example is, something
3: we've kind of predicted was going to happen and yeah. now we're seeing it happen yeah i'm kind
4: of
2: surprised i would think that they'd still want a helicopter for some of the more larger areas um, but i also don't know what the city's like maybe it doesn't happen
4: they said the they said the cost was three million dollars Uh, For the helicopters versus $20,000 for the drone uh, per drone. And they said it's just like cost so much money to even have them around. It's just not Mm. worthwhile to them. Just the maintenance and upkeep. Yeah. And I think the way it works is they, because they're the county sheriff, you can contract out to like other law enforcement in the area, like helicopter operations if you need to. And then it becomes like way cheaper for them to operate if they just have to do most operations with drones.
2: Ah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And this is something I predicted long long ago and i think we all did was you know even for for things like move the movie industry right so you know flying a helicopter shot versus just doing it with a drone significant yeah. cost savings so um and then if you actually do need the helicopter for something you know specific like picking up somebody from the you know i don't know what cincinnati's like but they use a helicopters a lot here for picking up people off the side of the mountain when they're you know they they're out hiking in 110 degree for whatever crazy reason um <clears> they'll <throat> pull the helicopter out there especially I bet if they're
3: someday on the a drone will be doing that too i don't have a, bi- a big one yeah. but eventually
2: yeah. i know some companies working on them Oops. yep
4: Probably safer in some respects, too, because then you can have the person clear the area, you have to try the, the drone try to land or get into the safe area, and then nobody's at risk while they're trying to do that, you know? Right. So, well, yeah. also, you eliminate, I mean, you
0: know, not that helicopter pilots are not the, you know, amazing reflexes and whatnot, but if you need to get into tighter yeah. areas and that kind of stuff, I mean, that yeah. AI can can potentially take over that, that flight and have a lesser... Human error. Around.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah there's less need to find those people who are like crazy helicopter pilots you know who can like move a a quarter with their you know skid right (laughs) but yeah that's super cool
0: and definitely something we thought would happen so especially for smaller communities too smaller counties smaller communities yeah, I mean, the,
4: like they it. said, it doesn't make sense for them to have three million dollars in their budget to just have helicopters that they use however many times a year and that they could accomplish with way cheaper costs. Right. So yeah, it would be good to see a lot of that. Cases of you know, that's all tax money. That's all uh, you know that, that they don't have to burn for no reason to have a helicopter. Exactly. Animals, so,
0: yeah. yeah, for sure. Cool. All right, uh, Dan. See yeah. We to we to see what Voltronics posted in uh, Discord. Let's see. These people want to DPI UAV systems extending man's reach with unmanned helicopter. Let's pull that. Let's see, open link. I'm putting trust in y'all that this is a legit link. (laughs) (laughs) DPI UAV systems. All right. So we've got tandem UAS for cargo, tether UAS for persistent cameras and extended communication, maritime communication. Let's see. Payload integration. Very small, but very interesting. The owner's father invented the Chinook. Well, uh, that's pretty
4: that,
3: much... That would be why that one really looks like one. Looks I like Chinook, yeah, yeah. For sure. Interesting. Transfer yeah, Tethered
4: something. seems like a lot easier to manage, you know, uh, you know, just because the easier restrictions and then more ability to, yeah, just get remote uh, data through the lines and stuff. So.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And... Yeah, that's really cool. All right, and then uh, earlier, Meat made a made a comment. He said uh, eighty pounds on the on the uh, uh, Scan Eagle. He said uh, this is what re- Remote ID should be only for. Yeah, we agree. <laughs> I mean, stuff like commercial operations, big, big, big boys like that. Not not a couple pound helicopter or quadcopter, um, or airplane, or you know anything like that. I mean, can you imagine? Let let's let's put this into perspective. You got things like uh foam, foamies, right? That you know, it's a it's a sheet or two of foam board, you know, like one of the flight test models. That's gonna require a remote ID on it. Like that, that's just crazy. But anyway, um let's see, I was gonna work on the tether drone, but things happen. Well, you know, sometimes things happen. Maybe you can uh uh Circle back to some of that stuff,
3: man. That that'd be awesome. <laughs> What's a kite um, considered by the FAA? Not it's, an it's not an aircraft, No, nope, right? it, it sure does not
1: there. require a remote ID, and it does not require it does not have to be registered. It has to be remotely controlled from the ground to be considered a UAS. And are yeah. am I right
3: in thinking if you had a, your if you had your five inch drone tethered, it wouldn't count? Like the rules wouldn't apply? There, totally there are some stay. rules. There
2: are rules for tethered. tethered. UAS. Yeah. There, yeah. Okay. There are,
1: yep, there <laughs> <Nice> is trying. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. are
0: specific rules and regulations for tethered. Uh, I'm going to have it. to
2: look over shortly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting, yeah, I'm going to be starting a new job at a tethered uh, UAS place in yeah. the spring.
0: That's awesome. That's very cool. Well, get, get uh, brushed up on that. Reach out if you need some help uh, getting through some of that, man. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Alex, what's going on in racing world? Anything fun?
2: Um, well, we have the global championships in, I think two weeks and I won't be on this. I probably won't be on this then. <laughs> uh, hopefully I'll still be in the race.
3: <laughs> that um, Florida and
2: it's in
1: Florida, yep. is that right? Yes. And
2: Excellent. the race location wasn't affected by the storm that they got. That's um, amazing. The hurricane. Um, then. So yeah that's coming up then we uh, another thing that i saw earlier on facebook from vic was we have a new bill that's trying to change do some stuff that they're not supposed to do from ohio Oh, i haven't read through it fully but i know vic mentioned something about that they're just trying to, uh, that they're violating federal preemption on seven and seven, eight, nine. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't read it, but I saw the post. This is sewage.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> operate.
3: <laughs> Sewer maintenance.
0: Let's see. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to. Ages a... seven, eight, oh, eight. Oh, here we go. Okay. Gotcha. Seven, eight, so, eight so, nine. So, so. So it says no person shall operate within the municipal limits of Northfield. Any unmanned aircraft system or drone is defined by federal or state law that is controlled by radioelectric or similar free flight operation by a person on the ground or otherwise in a manner that the UAS or drone flies in any airspace greater than a maximum altitude of 400 feet or within 400 feet of any of the following unless specifically accepted herein public or private school property, including but not limited to athletic facilities, school buildings, transportation facilities without the express consent of the school. Goodbye STEM classes. Muni- right? All municipal owned buildings and properties without the express written consent of the mayor. Active crime scenes, active fire accident scenes, co- communication towers. Um, so, okay, so let's break this down. Active crime scenes make sense.
2: That's, all, that's already uh, against the...
0: Right, active it, fire or accident scenes makes sense. Communication towers—that's critical infrastructure. But or,
1: yeah, it's like you know, like it's already there. It's already there. It's already there. You know, the only thing. No, like, the only difference is just...
0: is the school
2: property and municipal owned buildings and property. Huh. <laughs> yep. Look at look at D operation of any UAS or drone that causes a property owner to believe the property owner or their property is being viewed or imaged without their Correct. consent. So that just really means any drone there you go. can't fly.
0: Yeah, you know. This is just asking to be overturned. Yeah,
3: if you fly a, a decent drone with a good, like an Inspire or something with a really nice camera on it, like you can see miles and miles and miles away. So mm-hmm. uh, you could believe your property is being spied on from 10 miles away. Oh. Right. Or you have a toy drone
2: from Walmart with no camera on it. Yeah, and you then, still believe oh, you're being... Oh, you have a... Yeah, it's like... But that's stupid.
1: Yeah, so. Yeah, we've got to be a little careful. We've got uh, an individual uh, north of me by about 50 miles. He was doing everything right, everything legal, and he just got a little mouthy with a ranger, and a ranger in New York State is a federal uh, law enforcement, and so they arrested him. And so he's now uh, looking at a reckless endangerment uh, fine, which they can probably make stick. So it's... Yeah, you know, it's just that that part of the of New York State that mouthing off to and to uh, you know, public safety not a good plan.
0: Yeah, so yeah. we got uh, operation of any UAS or drone under the influence of alcohol or drugs or under any condition that hampers piloting capabilities is prohibited. That's already already there.
3: That's yeah, fine. recklessly endanger yep. wildlife. So I mean, I hit mosquitoes and flies all the yeah, time. You
1: know. that's it. <laughs> Operation you're jail. Going to you're, an, you're an offender <laughs> hey josh uh, uh kbs ken has a zipline announcement in uh, discord as well up a, up a little bit uh
0: oh yeah Zip- Zip- zipline announced they starting announced- to find medicines in salt lake yeah i did see that it's only zipline's right. second u.s location and you need to have your drop location pre-qualified
1: that yeah, is good interesting com- yeah, it is good company too i like so folks. i
0: know that they've set up uh i think I think in in or around Bentonville, Arkansas, um, was their first launch site, and they're supposed to be expanding across, uh, I believe, the southern United States first, and Wouldn't then DroneUp they... is the other yeah, uh, organization that's, that's that Walmart one has partnered with. Yeah, right. so well, they're ZipLine and DroneUp are the Walmart one. Sorry. Yes, they are. So yeah. ZipLine started in, uh, I think, originally delivering vaccines. Uh, and uh, in Africa, yeah, and before yeah. COVID, and then uh, they expanded to COVID delivery, I think in in Africa as well, and then um they partnered up with uh, Walmart over there, and then I know DroneUp is doing a lot of hiring, tons and tons yeah. of hiring, especially in Arizona.
4: Uh, oh, I think yeah, there are a lot in Virginia.
2: Yeah, so I think they they
4: keep adding multiple locations, like I think their headquarters is in
0: Virginia. They might be but uh and then zipline's headquartered in california so
4: do we think that this uh last mile last five mile thing is going to be mostly just uh, investor bs and in 10 years it'll stop or do you think it'll actually be feasible to continue
0: i think it i think <laughs> i mean personally i think for rural locations it makes sense uh to to do that kind of thing um in congested city areas absolutely not it you can deliver more packages uh by a person in a van than you can by drone there's just too much congestion too many you know especially I mean think about drone delivery in someplace like uh New York or yeah or Chicago. you're gonna or drop
3: you... it off on the rooftop and who's gonna take it right and... I think well, I
1: think, Monty, that uh, the market is going to be uh, segmented into uh, very large packages and smaller packages. Uh, I have a, a friend of mine is uh, has a trucking company with uh, 450 trucks, and they exclusively uh, ship uh, that last mile with uh, over 200 pound. That's their that's where they start, and so it's a it's a very cool uh, market for them big trucks every you know, not everyone can do it and so it's specialized so i could i could envision that that type of segmentation would continue down to uh, smaller uh, parcels where the last mile is really expensive so i think it's i i think it's going to happen i think it's going to be real
4: the question is what is the actual cost of the last mile without subsidization by investors like if you're not money burning in 10 years and you're trying to deliver last mile the same way you are now like, what is the actual cost going to be? And is it will it really be feasible to do this versus paying somebody fifteen dollars an hour to drive around in cars? Like, that's my question, right? And yeah, you're talking think, about rural. That's where you're going to extend the distance you're going to need. So you're going to need longer, you know, longer battery life. You're going to have different maintenance for that. You're going. To, I mean, also, I don't. Like, I get also think saying, about the length of,
0: length of time that the driver would need to be on the road, you know, to deliver to multiple rural locations, as opposed to sending a fixed wing aircraft. That's right, but we're talking. Right? Of,
4: but, we're, well, the but rural, rural locations are people getting these last miles now. Like, and right. they're not, that's what I'm saying. So we're talking about feasibility of something that doesn't exist. Right? Right. I um,
2: think the not. rural situation is more so that, at least the one of the concepts I've seen from UPS was they have the drone on their truck, but the drone just, the truck stays on the main road, but the drone takes package and goes down the longer driveways, drops off, comes back to the truck and just goes back and forth with so, like, using well, the truck as its well, hub. Yeah.
3: What is oh, Zipline? On... What is Zipline delivering in Utah?
0: So they're mostly focused on. Uh, Zipline is focused on uh, mostly uh, pharmacy like uh, pharmacy items. So uh, okay. they are and they they utilize fixed wing. Um, and something and I, I could they're...
3: definitely see in some places, uh, some extra rural places would be like. Uh, medication for farm animals and things, like Mm -hmm. getting that delivered quickly out to a very remote farm uh, would be something we could do. I just worry about the the cost and economy
4: of scale, right?
1: One of the things that when we're trying to think through strategy and disruptive uh, strategies, there's been a uh, very smart guy uh, a couple decades ago said, consider some a change in two orders of magnitude usually time-based and so what's the steady state today in a rural area how long does it take to get a package if that can be improved by two orders of magnitude it's likely that the cost uh, uh, dynamics would change and it would be uh, it would change the way you think about the problem a two order of magnitude shift is from walking to jet aircraft so you know, we don't when we didn't have uh, aircraft, we didn't think about going to California from New York. Now that's a common occurrence. So that type of shift, I think would make this legit,
0: yeah, I mean, like for 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 um, things like like vaccines or medicines or stuff like that to rural areas, you know I think that makes sense. And uh, but I know drone up, they're focused on under ten pound package delivery um in their test market and like i think the most commonly ordered item is like hamburger helper um that that they're delivering it's like well mom screwed up dinner so let's order some hamburger helper right
1: and and kbs ken has a a good point his sense is that the cost of staffing the last mile with drones is costly and that's why a number of the uh drone delivery companies uh are Really behind uh, getting licenses where they where one human can uh, pilot a multitude of drones going in uh, a multitude of different uh, directions. directions. Yeah, and that's I mean, something the, the most...
3: FAA hasn't allowed yet, have they?
1: Correct, not allowed. Right, and two you know so far, with the exception of you know swarming and that type of event, but not you know multipath, uh, multi-mile distances. Yeah, yep. Yeah yeah, I think uh, KBS Ken, you're on the uh, one of the key points.
0: So I don't know. it'll be interesting. i it, it's been it's felt unfeasible for a long time. I think zipline was probably the first where I thought, yeah, this could work uh, for certain circumstances,
1: we yeah, so we tried to gauge it from uh, the perspective of the the parcel is uh, very expensive, and it has to get there, zip line medical. Mm-hmm. Or we've saw a couple of examples of uh, folks who were, I think it was Isla White uh, over in the UK, uh, or up in uh, Canada, where there was an island where, you know, it was a day to get a package versus 20 minutes with a drone. So mm-hmm. you know, making things feasible where there there's some uh, impediment today that drives the cost to an astronomical level, or it's a uh, saving a life uh, like zipline is after. I believe
4: all those things will happen. I don't have any world where I think that we'll be getting coffees and hamburger helpers delivered in 10 years by drone. Like to me, like, like, like that's sort of where I was asking is like the, the, the thing they're pitching today, is that what we're going to get? Like you shouldn't even be getting pharmaceuticals that you know, you need more than three days in advance, Like Mm -hmm. you can get those shipped. Right. Like, so like, it's going to be so niche. And then what I worry about is when you get so niche, then how, where does the cost go? Because then you're not, what fleet are you operating what's the maintenance cost and how often are you sending it and how big does the location need to be and how what are you shipping into the location you're sending things out well, of you, or like yeah i mean it'll i be mean, interesting if you, to see how all that works out i guess
0: if you think like a, a place like phoenix where i live you know it's a very huge spread out metropolitan area limited downtown you know there's not a lot of sky rises where people live that kind of stuff it's basically suburbia hell right so yeah. um things like like Getting an EpiPen from one side, you know, from from one location to another to save somebody's life—that that's critical, right? That that's a huge deal. Yeah. So if you think about it from this perspective, I mean, you get one site on the west side of the valley, uh, which is you know what we call Phoenix here, and then you get one site on the east side of the valley, and maybe ten launchers apiece, and that services all of Phoenix, right? Twenty launchers, twenty planes. Um, I mean, would would Probably potentially serve the entire Phoenix community. Now I'm just I'm ballparking and throwing out numbers, but I mean in a in a city of a couple million people, like that seems feasible, right?
3: I assume Phoenix is not covered in trees like other parts of the country no. are. Bro, where does man. One thing I just don't understand <laughs> about all these stories you hear, like is you like, could you could look drop out my window and it's in my like, backyard, super easy. It's right? like solid so. trees everywhere, like yeah. They, no, when you fly up high, you can barely see rooftops.
0: Trees are a rare thing around here, sir.
1: <laughs>
4: I, I,
1: I, yeah, I'm, I Either just or wonder or if this here.
4: Will, I just wonder if you'll be paying like ten grand, like you will for an ambulance. You know what I mean? Is and that's like sort of how this will operate, and like, you know what I mean? Like, um, or how this will all work out. So
0: it'll. I mean, it'll be interesting. I think if I mean.
4: Like, am I not going to want to get an epipen sent to me for the same reason? I'm not going to want to call an ambulance unless I'm dying for sure. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, there are, right. I mean that happens all the time. So yeah, it's just it does. I mean, I like, yeah. but
0: I think on the flip side, if if it's a service that a company, and I've worked for Walmart. I I've spent a decade with them. But if it's a service that they provide, uh, you know, generally Walmart is of the essence of you know providing that service. You know, as cheaply as possible so you know and i can't speak for the company i don't work for them i don't know what their strategy is with all of this but um it just seems that you know a lot of times their grocery delivery tends to be cheap or free um you know all that kind of stuff so once the infrastructure is in place and walmart has invested in it will it bring them dividends i don't know uh but it would be helpful for the communities that they they operate in so who knows? I mean, yeah. is it take the take the bullet for the greater good? I don't know. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. an interesting it's an interesting problem, and I do think it's a, a, a multi segment uh, problem. And so, some of it's packaging, some of it is the geography of where you are, and some of it is the situation. and Dave? I, I do agree with you, Punti.
3: Dave's very but, talented. Uh, there, we see you drinking your your <laughs> a glass of something while you're speaking. Awesome. <laughs> Your your video's frozen, but your audio's fine. So, Volatronics says, almost need a truck for
0: a roving base. That truck could have an antenna infrastructure that would help. Could have sport pilots, black SUV, mirrored
4: windows. Yeah, that sounds sketchy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Uh, I was going to say, Wing's plan is like uh, rolling up like... like shipping containers to businesses and then using that to do last mile delivery out of a business. So like mm-hmm. I think like there's something there, you know, where you like have these like maybe you can pay for you know twenty five feet by fifty feet of land or something. And then that's how you can operate in an area. And then it becomes much cheaper to do distribution or something. Or like, I mean, I think there's ways you could work this out. I just wonder like, yeah, what the feasibility is. I mean, if you talk about, you know, we talked about how it might not work in cities, but if that city is set up so that instead of having to go to the store to get your groceries, you can go to the rooftop, you know, and then your rooftop has a drop-off location for the drone. I mean, I think there is some feasibility there to me when you have more people because, yeah, yeah, you've got like this one Walmart drone, and it's bringing you forty pounds of groceries, and that's like five people's groceries, and then <laughs> right. or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. I don't know.
1: And KBS what? Ken, Robots. KBS Ken says, I think a lot of delivery startups are guys who think this is cool technology, and what problem can I solve with it? And delivering coffee and donuts is low-hanging fruit. Doubtful yeah. many of them have any business sense. Could outside, uh, could sense outside lift outfits like zipline. Um, I would assert that the the companies that we see who are continuing on in delivery have extraordinarily deep pockets. Uh, Walmart, yeah. Google, Amazon, and Zipline uh, all very, very yeah. well funded. Yeah,
4: that's sort of where I, I assume once that money dries up, we'll stop seeing those kind of things happen. right? We'll stop seeing those like little deliveries that don't make economic sense. you know, like I don't. I don't see maybe it'll happen, but I don't see how you can charge three dollars for that Walmart drone delivery, uh, to get your coffee like for very long. You know, like I don't yeah. Maybe the think, maybe the numbers work out, but I don't I doubt uh, the they do. Have, and I feel like it's gotta be subsidized already, by investment.
1: There's already market uh consolidation and uh yeah. and people yeah. exiting. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So
0: Volatronics well, says uh certainly drone delivery would help in natural disasters like hurricanes. To a limited degree, yes. I I I, I mean
4: <clears throat> the distance is the problem there, right? Like well, distance like, and, he, and
0: what are you going to carry, right? What's going to be that critical item that somebody in a hurricane, yeah. you know, after after needs? Is it some medicine? Is it some blood? You know, that kind of yeah. stuff. You know, it's got to be small. I mean, it, it can't be too terribly large. But, you know, definitely things like uh, search and rescue um, for things like, like this, flooding, hurricanes. Beach yeah like that's the that's where where drones like really shine Your hamburger you know, helper you get a drone is with meal. A, like
4: uh, i mean get a get a drone yeah. with the fleer and leave the hamburger helper at home right i mean, that's, i, that's, that's I more think useful yeah that's definitely where i envision this stuff is like hey there's a natural disaster let's roll something down to the edge of where we need to distribute from and yeah. let's send out like aid to, right through red cross drones to the different triage centers that we've got to get you know, stuff too that we can't drive to you or can whatever, put up
2: right? cell towers with drone right mobile cell tower
4: exactly. right yeah, that's so true. you like, know it's
1: like just... at t verizon do today with um, drones and blips
4: yeah did we talk about that spinning drone uh concept i don't know if we did that or not i don't think uh, so there's this guy who built a spinning drone that's like three wings and three propellers oh and it, it's, like, uh, tw- it's like uh it's like 25 percent of the wattage that he needs to hover normally if he spins while he hovers with the wings and he talks about using it as like a mobile, like, you know, you could do LiDAR because LiDAR has to spin anyway, or right. you could do like mobile, like, uh, like waiting for some, yeah, loitering or something. But I wonder if you could do that for Wi Fi or like, you know, doing distributing yeah, of like, like cell phone or something. Or
0: even, I mean, think of it this way. I mean, you know, you got, uh, uh you know the great elon musk you got starlink he fly out some drones that are automatic receiver slash wi-fi generators to just pick up the starlink signal and boom you've got wi-fi for an entire area right so yeah i mean that would be incredible so anywho that's that's a uh, good conversation guys really appreciate it. good conversation from uh our our attendees as well the tri-mode vtol interesting
2: we we'll have to check this. That's out. a really cool video.
4: Yeah, I'll yeah, he's that. got forward flight too. He like talks about efficiency and like uses and stuff. It's really neat. It's definitely neat. That's cool.
3: Excellent. Really cool. All right. anybody anybody have anything else for this evening? Not really. I guess uh, I could mention that we're <clears throat> that Bluntie pointed out that our website doesn't have a really good resource on it to let people know what we've accomplished since we started, mm-hmm. and so. We've started putting together some notes and hopefully we'll publish soon a good list of what we've accomplished that uh people can point thus far. to and thus far. Yep, we're not done yet. And yep. and uh we'll definitely ask people if there's anything uh we've forgotten to, to put on there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um uh, if you if you think of something that, that we really need to have on our website, let us know. Um we want our, our, our site to be a resource for all. But all right, so I'm going to leave this uh, with KBS uh, Ken's last comment here. So is drone delivery one of the drivers of more regulation, meaning they will be more ubiquitous and be everywhere? I think the yeah. pro... I, absolutely. absolutely. I think part of it is just the proliferance of the use of drones, whether it's for agriculture. Uh, we talked to tonight about uh, critical infrastructure inspection. Um, there's uh, companies like BNSF uh, uses... Uh, drones to inspect their lines uh power companies use it to inspect their power lines cell phone you know verizon t-mobile uh use them to inspect their towers i mean there's just a proliferation of commercial use drones coming and yeah 100 percent commercial use drones whether it's for drone delivery or for something else yeah all uh, the
1: drone yeah. delivery companies were they were big participants and yes. very very vocal in the bb loss arc and they are very active with nasa with the unmanned traffic management. So, yes, an emphatic yes to that uh, that question. Yeah.
0: So. All right. Uh KBS Ken is typing something. We'll read what he's got and then we'll wrap it up for you guys. No um, rush, Ken. <laughs> mention
1: also that uh we're working on uh, a list of um uh, requirements that we will uh, send forward to Congress for the Yes. FAA Reauthorization Act of 2023 and we're also working on a recommended advisory circular uh, for remote ID predominantly
3: and we believe well we know that the FAA is currently well not the FAA Congress is currently working on creating what that next reauthorization act will have in it right
0: yeah yes yep and I imagine I mean it's a it's a long document, and I imagine a lot of it's just cut and paste and and whatnot. But uh, there's, you know, we're definitely going to be on the lookout for all the new things, and we're going to make some recommendations, and and hopefully we can uh, make an impact. And then we'll ask all of you to help us make an impact. Uh, that'll be definitely uh, huge. So, Elias says, "Nice shirt, Alex." I agree. I like it. Right to your Congress critters asking for FPV freedoms. Absolutely, and we'll put together uh, the list of of who you need to reach out to. Yeah, um, we learned,
1: we've we've learned that uh, we want to focus on the two subcommittees and the two chambers, uh, the yeah. aviation subcommittees. And so, and when it comes uh,
0: time for voting, that's when you want to reach out to everybody. But we'll focus first on the on the on the original creators of the
1: document. So, yep.
0: All right. And, and, uh, that's the circumstance where form letters do well. Um, not, uh, with NPRMs, but, uh, definitely with reaching out to our Congress. So we'll create something for everybody, um, write your own or use the, the form. So, yes. All right. So with that, I think we'll let you all go for this evening. Thank you for joining. Thank you for participating. Uh, love when you guys, uh, jump in with, uh, articles or information or any of that stuff it definitely uh, helps uh we appreciate it um and uh we'll see you guys in two weeks yep
3: two all weeks right. right before the next aac meeting
1: yes sir. Ah, and champs
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right all have right. a good night thank, y'all. thank you everyone